Section 12 of The Natural History, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ted Garvin. The Natural History, Volume 2, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 12. Chapter 14. The Theory of Generation. Conception is generally said to take place the most readily, either at the beginning or the end of the menstrual discharge. It is said, too, that it is a certain sign of fecundity in a woman when her saliva becomes impregnated with any medicament which has been rubbed upon her eyelids. Chapter 15. Some Account of the Teeth and Some Facts Concerning Infants. It is a matter beyond doubt that in young children the front teeth are produced at the seventh month and nearly always those in the upper jaw of the first. These are shed in the seventh year, and are then replaced by others. Some infants are even born with teeth. Such was the case with Manius Curius, who from this circumstance received the name of Dentatus, and also with Gnaeus Papirius Carbo, both of them distinguished men. When this phenomenon happened in the case of a female, it was looked upon in the time of the kings as an omen of some inauspicious event at the birth of valeria under such circumstances as these it was the answer of the soothsayers that any city to which she might happen to be carried would be destroyed she was sent to suessa pometia at that time a very flourishing place but the prediction was ultimately verified by its destruction some female children are born with the sexual organs closed a thing of very unfavorable omen, of which Cornelia, the mother of the Gracchi, is an instance. Some persons are born with a continuous bone in the mouth in place of teeth. This was the case with the upper jaw of the son of Prusius, the king of Bithynia. The teeth are the only parts of the body which resist the action of fire, and are not consumed along with the rest of it. Still, however, though they are able thus to resist flame they become corroded by a morbid state of the saliva the teeth are whitened by certain medicinal agents they are worn down by use and fail in some persons long before any other part of the body they are necessary not only for the mastication of the food but for many other purposes as well it is the office of the front teeth to regulate the voice and the speech by a certain arrangement they receive as if in concert the stroke communicated by the tongue while by their structure in such regular order and their size they cut short moderate or soften the utterance of the words when they are lost the articulation becomes altogether confused and indistinct in addition to this it is generally supposed that we may form prognostics from the teeth the number of teeth allotted to all men with the exception of the nation of the Turduli, is thirty-two. Those persons who have a greater number are thought to be destined to be long-lived. Women have fewer teeth than men. Those females who happen to have two canine teeth on the right side of the upper jaw have promise of being the favorites of fortune, as was the case with Agrippina, the mother of Domitius Nero. When they are on the left side, it is just the contrary. It is the custom of most nations not to burn the bodies of children who die before they have cut their teeth. We shall have more to say on this subject when we give an account of the different parts of the body. We find it stated that Zoroaster was the only human being who ever laughed on the same day on which he was born. 
we hear too that his brain pulsated so strongly that it repelled the hand when laid upon it a presage of his future wisdom chapter sixteen examples of unusual size it is a well-known fact that at the age of three years the body of each person is half the height that it will ever attain taking it all in all it is observed that in the human race the stature is almost daily becoming less and less and that sons are rarely taller than their parents the facility of the sea being dried up by the heat of that conflagration to which the world is fast approaching a mountain of the island of crete having been burst asunder by the action of an earthquake a body was found there standing upright forty-six cubits in height by some persons it is supposed to have been that of orion while others again are of the opinion that it was that of otis it is generally believed from what is stated in ancient records that the body of orestes which was disinterred by command of an oracle was seven cubits in height it is now nearly one thousand years ago that that divine poet homer was unceasingly complaining that men were of less stature in his day than they had formerly been our annals do not inform us what was the height of navius polio but we learn from them that he nearly lost his life from the rush of the people to see him and that he was looked upon as a prodigy the tallest man that has been seen in our times was one gabarus by name who was brought from arabia by the emperor claudius his height was nine feet and as many inches in the reign of augustus there were two persons posio and sicadila by name who were half a foot taller than him their bodies have been preserved as objects of curiosity in the museum of the celestian family in the reign of the same emperor there was a man also remarkable for his extremely diminutive stature being only two feet and a palm in height his name was conopas and he was a great pet with julia the granddaughter of augustus there was a female also of the same size andromeda by name a freedwoman of julia augusta we learn from varro that manius maximus and m tullius members of our equestrian order were only two cubits in height and i have myself seen them preserved in their coffins it is far from an unknown fact that children are occasionally born a foot and a half in height and sometimes a little more such children however have finished their span of existence by the time they are three years old chapter seventeen children remarkable for their precocity we find it stated by the historians that the son of euthymenes of salamis had grown to be three cubits in height at the age of three years that he was slow of gait and dull of comprehension that at that age he had obtained puberty even and his voice had become strong like that of a man we hear also that he died suddenly of convulsions of the limbs at the completion of his third year i myself not very long ago was witness to exactly similar appearances with the exception of the state of puberty in the son of cornelius tacitus a member of the equestrian order and procurator of belgic gaul the greeks call such children as these ecotrapoloi we have no name for them in latin seventeen it has been observed that the height of a man from the crown of the head to the sole of the foot is equal to the distance between the tips of the middle fingers of the two hands when extended in a straight line the right side of the body too is generally stronger than the left though in some the strength of the two sides is equal while in others again the left side is the strongest this however is never found to be the case in women chapter eighteen some remarkable properties of the body 
males are heavier than females and the bodies of all animals are heavier when they are dead than when alive they also weigh more when asleep than when awake the dead bodies of men float upon the back those of women with the face downwards as if even after death nature were desirous of sparing their modesty eighteen we find it stated that there are some men whose bones are solid and devoid of marrow and that one mark of such persons is the fact that they are never thirsty and emit no perspiration at the same time we know that by the exercise of a resolute determination any one may resist the feeling of thirst a fact which was especially exemplified in the case of julius viator a roman of equestrian rank but by birth one of voconti a nation on terms of alliance with us having in his youth been attacked by dropsy and forbidden the use of liquids by his physicians use with him became a second nature and so in his old age he never took any drink at all other persons also have by the exercise of a strong determination laid similar restraints upon themselves nineteen it is said that crassus the grandfather of crassus who was slain by the parthians was never known to laugh from which circumstance he obtained the name agilastus there are other persons again who have never been seen to weep socrates who was so famous for his wisdom always appeared with the same countenance and was never known to appear either more gay or more sad than ordinary this even tenor of the mind however sometimes degenerates into a sort of harshness and a rigorous and inflexible sternness of nature entirely effacing all the human affections the greeks among whom there have been many persons of this description are in the habit of calling them epithoi a very remarkable thing too is the fact that among these persons are to be found some of the greatest masters of philosophy diogenes the cynic for instance pyrrho heraclitus and timon which last allowed himself to be so entirely carried away by the spirit as to become a hater of all mankind less important peculiarities of nature again are to be observed in many persons antonia for instance the wife of drusus was never known to expectorate and pomponius the poet a man of consular rank was never troubled with eructation those rare instances of men whose bones are naturally solid and without marrow are known to us as men of horn chapter nineteen twenty instances of extraordinary strength varro speaking of persons remarkable for their strength gives us an account of tributinus a celebrated gladiator and skilled in the use of the samnite arms he was a man of meagre person but possessed of extraordinary strength varro makes mention of his son also who served in the army of pompeius magnus he says that in all parts of his body even in the arms and hands there was a network of sinews extending across and across the latter of these men having been challenged by an enemy with a single finger of the right hand and that unarmed vanquished him and then seized and dragged him to the camp vinius valens who served as a centurion in the praetorian guard of augustus was in the habit of holding up wagons laden with casks until they were emptied and of stopping the carriage with one hand and holding it back against all the efforts of the horses to drag it forward he performed other wonderful feats also an account of which may still be seen inscribed on his monument varro also gives the following statement fusius who used to be called the bumpkin hercules was in the habit of carrying his own mule 
while salvius was able to mount a ladder with a weight of two hundred pounds attached to his feet the same to his hands and two hundred pounds on each shoulder i myself once saw a most marvellous display of strength a man of the name athanatus walk across the stage wearing a leaden breastplate of five hundred pounds weight while shod with buskins of the same weight when milo the wrestler had once taken his stand there was not a person who could move him from his position and when he grasped an apple in his hand no one could so much as open one of his fingers chapter twenty instances of remarkable agility it was once considered a very great thing for philippides to run one thousand one hundred and sixty stadia the distance between athens and lacedaemon in two days until amistus the lacedaemonian courier and philonides the courier of alexander the great ran from sicyon to elis in one day a distance of thirteen hundred and five stadia in our own times too we are fully aware that there are men in the circus who are able to keep on running for a distance of one hundred and sixty miles and that lately in the consulship of fonteius and vipstanus there was a child eight years of age who between morning and evening ran a distance of seventy-five miles we become all the more sensible of these wonderful instances of swiftness upon reflecting that tiberius nero when he made all possible haste to reach his brother drusus who was then sick in germany reached him in three stages travelling day and night on the road the distance of each stage was two hundred miles chapter twenty one twenty one instances of acuteness of sight instances of acuteness of sight are to be found stated which indeed exceed all belief cicero informs us that the iliad of homer was written on a piece of parchment so small as to be enclosed in a nutshell he makes mention also of a man who could distinguish objects at a distance of one hundred and thirty-five miles m varro says that the name of this man was strabo and that during the punic war from Lilybaeum, the promontory of sicily he was in the habit of seeing the fleet come out of the harbour of carthage and could even count the number of the vessels Callicrates used to carve ants and other small animals in ivory so minute in size that other persons were unable to distinguish their individual parts mercedes also was famous in the same line this man made of similar material a chariot drawn by four horses which a fly could cover with its wings as well as a ship which might be covered by the wings of a tiny bee chapter twenty two twenty two instances of remarkable acuteness of hearing we have one instance on record of remarkable acuteness of hearing the noise of the battle on the occasion when sybaris was destroyed was heard the day on which it took place at olympia but as to the victory over the cimbri and that over perseus the news of which was conveyed to rome by the castors they are to be looked upon in the light of visions and presages proceeding immediately from the gods chapter twenty three twenty three instances of endurance of pain of patience in enduring pain that being too frequently the lot of our calamitous fate we have innumerable instances related one of the most remarkable instances among the female sex is that of the courtesan lena who although put to the torture refused to betray the tyrant slayers harmodius and aristogaton among those of men we have that of anacharchus who when put to the torture for a similar reason bit off his tongue and spit it into the face of the tyrant thus destroying the only hope of his making any betrayal 
End of section 12.